Thank you, Pastor Mark. It's good to be here with you all this morning. Hope you're all going well, having a great week. If you are in school, congratulations. You are on Easter holidays and that is amazing. My husband, Che, is a teacher, so he is now on holidays and he's very happy. So I'm sure the rest of you in the room, if you are in school at the moment, I hope you are feeling happy and ready for a break over Easter. And even just... um, You know, Pastor Mark mentioned it in the announcements, but obviously we have Easter, Good Friday coming up and we are doing a production, which I'm sure you've heard over this last month, all about this Easter production. But can I encourage you to come along if you aren't doing anything on Good Friday, please be there and invite someone. It's basically the whole show is just this presentation of the gospel. And so if you have people in your life that aren't Christians, I can promise you that the standard of what we do at Emerge is great. You won't be disappointed that you brought someone. You won't be embarrassed or ashamed of what is put on stage. But it is just such a great opportunity for someone to hear the message message and the, the good news. That's why we called it the good news, because it is the good news. It's an opportunity for people to hear it and in a way that's non-confrontational and is just something that they'll enjoy. And, you know, we have food trucks and face painting and petting zoos and everything for everyone. And it's going to be a great day. So if you can be here, be here, register now so that you don't miss out and in, use your invite cards to bring along someone. Um, I know that they will have a great day here at Emerge on Good Friday. Well, how are we doing? Are we doing good? Yes, awesome. If you don't know me, my name is Rachel and I look after our creative team here at Emerge. Uh, That's a new thing for me this year and it's been lots of fun so far. Um, But yes, I'm Rachel, I'm married to Che. We are, yeah, going amazing, you know? It's our wedding anniversary uh, this coming week, the day before Good Friday, two years. It's been great. So (laughs) that is a little bit about me. Um, Pastor Mark mentioned that this message sort of stemmed out from our prayer and fasting week at the start of the year. And so um, this morning, I just want to talk about encounter, what it looks like, what it is. You know, sometimes I think we have this um, perception that encounter is just praise and worship. It's just, it only happens, you know, when there's music and when we sing and that's what encounter is. But what God kind of showed me in this week of prayer and fasting that encounter looks so different and encounter isn't just praise and worship. Encounter happens everywhere and in every way. And there's so many different ways that God can encounter us. And that's just what I wanna unpack a little bit this morning. So um, before we jump in, would you just close your eyes and we're just gonna pray uh, as we start today. God, we thank you so much that you are already here in this room and you wanna speak to us today. You wanna challenge us today. You want to encourage us. You want us to leave different from this room than how we walked in. And so I pray that you would do it this morning. You would come and you would meet us here. Let our hearts be soft and open and ready to receive whatever it is that you wanna say to us this morning. We love you and we thank you in advance for what you're gonna do here. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. amen. Awesome. Well, this morning, just uh, I want to take us on a little bit of a journey through the Bible that just looks at some different people who had different kinds of encounters with God. And as I said before, encounters not just about praise and worship and not just about singing and then that's where we meet God. But through the Bible, we see all of these people that have different encounters, totally personal, totally totally unique to each other. And it just shows, and, and it's what I've seen is that encounter happens in a different way for all of us. You know, I believe that God still wants to encounter us today. That it's not just something that happened in the Bible and we don't get that now, but 
through Jesus and his death and resurrection, God actually made it possible for us to have even more of a personal relationship with him and for us to encounter him in a whole new way than even people who uh, lived before Jesus was here on the earth. I believe encounter happens wherever you are. Whatever stage of life you're in, no matter how old you are, no matter what you do, where you go, where you've been, encounter is for everyone at every time. And God wants to encounter you. There's nothing that disqualifies you from encounter with God. Now, I think it's a huge tactic of the enemy, actually, where he wants to draw us away from encounter, pull us far away so that we, we are not face to face with God. We don't have that time where we just get to be with God as who we are, be with God in our own personal way. He would try and take us away from having an encounter. And I think he can do this through things like just the busyness of life. When life gets busy, we make less time to just spend time with God. I think he uses pride where we think we don't need God, where we just rely on our own strength and our own ability. I think he uses even sometimes the other hobbies that we have in our life, things that we love so much that they're not bad, but if they become more important than the presence of God, well then we're gonna spend more time in our hobbies and less time with God. And I think he can also use just lack of desire. Sometimes life is difficult. Sometimes life is just mundane and we just lose that the sense of desire and hunger for the presence of God. And I think the enemy loves to take that and speak into it and feed lies into it so much so that we just remove ourselves from a close relationship with God. We, we step out of that face-to-face -face meeting with Him. You know, the thing that's been amazing me recently just about this whole idea of encounter is that God actually wants to encounter us. You know, more than we want to encounter him, he actually wants to encounter you. Sometimes I think we, we think it's about how much we want to encounter him and how much we want to press into God. But I think God is always just waiting, being like, I'm, I'm so ready to speak to you. I want to encourage you. I see where you're at. I want to meet with you. And we don't always have that feeling of like, God, I so wanna meet with you. I'm so hungry. I come to church because I just wanna meet you. We don't always feel like that, but God is so not like us. And I think that He is always like that. God wants to encounter you. He knows what you need. He knows what you're going through. He knows where you are. He knows the inner workings of your heart. And more than even you wanna meet with Him, He wants to meet with you. He has so much that He wants to do in your life, so much that He wants to transform. And all we have to do is allow Him the opportunity to encounter us. You know, encounter with God changes us. It transforms us. Encounter with God challenges these deep-rooted patterns and thoughts and mindsets and habits that we have in our life that we might have had even since we were kids. There's these things that, that are deep set in us and I believe that God, through encountering us, wants to change us and wants to make us better. He doesn't want us to just stay where we are now. I think God would be really sad if I just stayed the same as I am and in you know, 25 years, I'm still the same. I think that would actually make him sad because I haven't grown. I haven't allowed him to come and refine me and change me and challenge me and make me better because he sees 
your future. He sees who you can be through encounter with God. He sees who you can be, your potential, your purpose. And He wants to bring you to that place. I believe that God wants to continually make us into His image, into His likeness. You know, we're made in the image of God, but we live in a sinful world. We live in a broken world where we are being daily transformed more and more to look like Christ. And the world around us needs us to look like Him, to be a reflection of Jesus. And I believe it's through encounter that God refines us and makes us more like Him so that the world around us can see who Jesus is that He loves people, that He is for people and that He wants relationship with them. You know, this morning, this week, this year of 2023, God wants to encounter you. Maybe you didn't even realise that, that God wants to encounter you. Maybe you didn't know it, maybe you've forgotten. But God loves you. God created you. He has a purpose for your life. And He actually likes you. As a person, you know, he actually wants to do everyday life with you. You know, I actually like my husband. I love him, but I actually like him. I like spending time with him, you know, in the everyday things. I like, I like the mundane things of life. I like, you know, coming home and unloading the groceries into the cupboard with him. I like just sitting at home on a Saturday night watching a game of football. Like I actually like going out to coffee with him. Like I like spending time with my husband. And I think God is similar in that he likes to spend time with you. Not just, you know, in church and not just even not even just in moments of worship and prayer and and devotion, but actually things like just being with Him through the day, doing your everyday tasks with God. He likes spending time with you. And He also wants to encounter you in ways that change you and strengthen you and encourage you and challenge you, grow you, that change the direction that your life is heading in. An encounter is not one size fits all. He knows what you need. He's personal and He's waiting to encounter you this morning. So can we jump in? Can we just go through a few stories, a few people in the Bible that had some different, everyone is different, encounters with God? I wanna look at who they were, what, what that meant for their life when they encountered God and how we can have those same encounters. We need those same encounters. And so this morning as we go through, You know, at the end, we're just gonna have a little bit of time just to allow God to encounter us. And if one of these, you know, people or encounters stands out to you, I encourage you to just hold on to it. Hold on so that you can ask God to give you that same encounter today. Or even if just God prompts you with something different, you know, there's, there's no rule of how God has to encounter you. It's so personal. So if God speaks to you this morning, just hold on to it. And at the end, we're gonna have a moment where we can just ask God to come and allow Him to encounter us. So the first encounters that I've seen in the Bible is our encounters that restore our relationship. You know, in Genesis, we pick up and we read about the first man and woman in the Bible, you know, Adam and Eve. We get a glimpse of life before sin enters the world. This life where we are just one with God. We have an intimate and a personal relationship. There's nothing that separates us from God. Adam and Eve were one with God. And after sin, we see that sin is what separated Adam and Eve from God. They were no longer one. 
And the whole Bible is this redemption story of God restoring humankind, God restoring oneness with Himself. You know, I think about this verse in John 1 verse 12 that says, but to all who receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, children of God. And I think that just shows how much God desires relationship with us. It says that He's our Father and we are like His children. That just gives you a picture of relationship. If, if I don't know what else does. Father and child, He wants to have that kind of relationship with us. You know, Christianity is not just about checking off checkboxes of religious activity. It's about relationship with God, personal relationship. And here we are some two and a half thousand years after Jesus and we're still seeing God do this. Every year, every decade, God is still wanting to restore people to Himself. He wants to be one with you. And it's through encounter with God that this relationship is restored. And the relationship even that we already have with Him is transformed again and even you know, multiple times in our life, can we slip back to rules and regulations? And it's encounter with God that always brings us back to relationship. It transforms our relationship with Him. You know, growing up, my dad um, used to take me out to, well, he would get coffee. I wouldn't get coffee because I was a child. My dad would take me out to Donut King and he would get a cappuccino and I would get like some sort of drink and we would share a cinnamon scroll at Donut King and I would always eat the chocolate off the top of his cappuccinos. I felt, I was like, I, don't, I'm, I need that. Like, I know I'm not allowed the coffee, but I'll eat the froth off the top and eat the chocolate. And then, you know, once I'd grown up a little bit more, it became like a Baskin and Robbins ice cream trip. We would go out to Baskin and Robbins. It's not every week, but just every now and then we'd have ice cream. And then even now to this day, it's become coffee because we both drink coffee now. So it's become like coffee dates. You know, I have this with my dad and, and it, we would just talk and it wouldn't be like a formal, how is this going and how is this going and how's this going? It was just time together like sometimes it would be you know I as a teenager sometimes I would probably be not as you know chatty and I would be pretty hard to get an answer out of and sometimes it'd be super open it, it changed all the time but I think what was important was just the consistency of having time with my dad with just having time together and I don't think if we hadn't have done this, I don't think our relationship would be the way that it is now. No, I think if we hadn't have just had one-on-one -on -one time together, I think we would probably have a pretty awkward and a pretty distant, uncomfortable relationship. And I think it's the same with God. If we don't have that one-on-one -on -one time with God, where we just, we're just father and child with Him, then I think our relationship with Him would be pretty stagnant, would be distant, would be uncomfortable. It's not about just checking off a checklist. It's about being with our Father, being His children, being face-to-face, -face, just making time together. You know, if you're feeling disconnected from God, feeling a bit stagnant, maybe things feel a bit uncomfortable, then it's actually an encounter with God that you need. It's not pulling further away, it's actually drawing close. You know, the Bible says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. So if you make that step to 
open up your heart to God and say, God, I wanna come close to you again. I want that intimate relationship back. I wanna be your child. I want to, to see you as my father. Then if you draw close, he will draw close to you too. You just have to step out and draw back to him. If you're feeling tired of this routine of just mundane Christian living, then it's a encounter with God that you need that will restore this like father and child relationship again. So this morning, if that's how you feel, hold on to it. We're gonna come at the time, at the end, and you can ask God, you can draw near to God and let Him transform the way that you see this relationship from one that is just about rules and regulation to one that's about relationship. You know, the second type of encounter that I see is encounters that redeem us. You know, and this is through the story of Moses. Let me give you a super brief overview, just in case you don't know the story of Moses. This is super brief, right? Moses was born. Pharaoh, the king of the land at the time, makes an order to kill all the baby boys, but his mum sees something on his life, so puts him in a basket and he, she sends him down the river. That would have been pretty hard, I think. Sends him down the river. He's picked up at the banks by one of Pharaoh's servant girls and he's raised in Pharaoh's house. And, you know, he grows up in this environment and one day uh, he's out and he sees these Egyptians hurting this Israelite man. And, you know, Moses was an Israelite, but he was raised in this Egyptian household. So I feel like he would be feeling pretty out of place. Like he knows who he was, was, he knows who he is, but he's been raised in this completely different environment. And so he sees someone hurting his people, like his, you know, his family. He sees someone. And so Moses decides to take matters into his own hands and he murders this Egyptian and buries the body in the sand. Now, I don't know a lot about this kind of thing, but I really don't think that burying a body in the sand is the best option for that. Sand, you know, when the wind comes, sand blows away. And this is exactly what happens. And it turns out there was an eyewitness to this murder that Moses had committed. And so out of fear and guilt and being afraid of what was gonna happen next, he runs away to the desert. And this is where we pick up the story. He runs away to the desert where no one can recognize him. No one knows his name. No one can get revenge. He can have a fresh start. Have you ever done this? Run away from the past? Left everything behind so that you could just have a fresh start? You know, it's in Moses' lowest place, in his hiding, in his shame, his fear, his guilt, that God comes to encounter him. Maybe that's what you feel like right now. You feel like you've run from the past. Can I tell you that God still wants to encounter you today? You cannot outrun an encounter with God. He will meet you, He will find you, and He will encounter you. You know, Psalm 139 says, if I go up to heaven, you are there. The presence of God is there with me. If I go down to the grave, you are there. There is nowhere that I can run from your presence, nowhere I can hide. What I love about Moses' story is that it just gives hope to anyone who feels like they are too far gone. They've made too many mistakes. Maybe you feel inadequate. There is hope for us because of God encountering us, God redeeming our story. You know, later in this story, Moses is giving God so many excuses as to why he can't do what God's asking him to do. And God still chooses Moses. You know, in Exodus 3, we see this moment that God encounters Moses at a burning bush. 
It's a pretty dramatic kind of encounter. He hears this voice calling to him from the bush that hasn't gone up in flames and he is speaking purpose to Moses. God is giving Moses an opportunity for a fresh start. An encounter with God can set you in a new direction, can give you a fresh start with Him. There's nothing that you can do to disqualify yourself from the purpose of God, from God using you. We serve a God that redeems and restores. He makes broken things whole and He uses everything, every one of these things, I believe, so that He can receive the most glory because we know how broken and how many mistakes we've made and yet God is still using us, which gives Him the glory, not ourselves. If you feel like Moses this morning, if you feel like you're running, hiding out of shame and guilt over the things that you've done, if you feel like you're disqualifying yourself this morning, I believe that some of those people need an encounter with God so that He can speak new and fresh purpose in your life, can redirect you, can redeem what was broken in your life, what was messy in your life, and give you a fresh start with Him. God is ready to do something new in your life. The past is past. God still redeems and restores us and our future. You know, the third encounter that we see is encounters that prepare us. This is the story of David. You know, we read about uh, David being anointed as king in 1 Samuel chapter 16. This beautiful moment where David is anointed as the next king. Do you know what part of this story, the worst part of this story is? Is that a few, only a few, probably like minutes before this moment where he's anointed, David's own father complete, like chose completely to disregard his existence as his son. You know, Samuel the prophet rocks up at Jesse, David's dad's house. God had called him to go there and he asked him to bring all his sons out because God had chosen one of them to be the next king. So Jesse, David's father, brings all the sons out, lines them up and Samuel goes along ready to anoint, you know, the next king. And he realises that God isn't approving any one of these sons. Imagine being David right now, just hanging out. David was a shepherd. He was hanging out in the fields. In my head, he's like leaning against a tree, playing like a guitar. Guitars probably didn't exist at that time, the way we see them now, but playing some sort of guitar thing. And there's all these like sheep jumping and prancing around. It's so peaceful and nice. David's just sitting out there and he doesn't even know that his own father hasn't even acknowledged him as his son. That is just like mind blowing to me. I don't think I could ever forget that one of my children is my children (laughs) when I have them. He's not even realizing that he'd been left out. In 1 Samuel 16 verse 11, it says, Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, well, there remains yet the youngest, but he's just out in the fields keeping the sheep. How little and unimportant Jesse must have thought David was in his eyes to not even call him in as one of his sons. Maybe you feel a bit like that today, a bit unseen, a bit forgotten, a bit left out, left behind. You know, David was a shepherd and he was entrusted to look after the sheep. And I'm sure in moments of this, you know, there would have been good days, but I'm sure in moments he was thinking, what am I even doing here? This is the same thing in day in, day out. This is just boring, pointless. Like, what is this? What am I doing? Just, I'm just looking after the sheep. Maybe you feel that way, you're in the same routine day in, day out. You wonder, what God, what are you even doing in my life right now? Like, I'm just doing the same thing. Is there any 
purpose to what this season is. But that time of life was where God did the greatest work in David. God was preparing him. And maybe you are also in the place of preparation. You know, we get a glimpse of this in the next chapter, right before David defeats Goliath. It says in 1 Samuel 17, verse 34 to 37, David persisted, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. This is like a lion and a bear. It's not just like a, you know, a little wild dog or something like that. It's like a lion or a bear. And David's going up into its mouth and rescuing a lamb out of its jaws. It's as if an animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears and I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Everything that David had gone through up until this moment was God's divine preparation. Without the shepherd season, the unseen mundane season, David never could have entered a king season. Even after he was anointed as king, he still went back to being a shepherd. God still had preparation to do in his life. God, encounter with God is what shapes us and prepares us and refines us. You know, if you're in that shepherd season right now, that place of preparation, do not despise what God is doing. Don't miss out on the divine preparation. It's a season that we still need for God to refine our hearts. You know, I believe that in that time, David would have had encounter after encounter after encounter with God, where God was just stripping away, was chipping away all the things that he didn't need to take with him into the king season. He was changing him, transforming him little by little, day by day through the mundane tasks. God was preparing him to do what he'd called him to do. So if you find yourself there in the shepherd season, don't waste it. Don't waste a moment of it. Maybe you feel like that this morning in that season of preparation, a bit like David. It's in these day-to-day moments with God, encountering God, where He will prepare you to do whatever it is that He's called you to do. So invite encounter, invite encounter with God. Let Him do whatever it is that He needs to. Let Him finish the good work of preparation in your life so that you are able to handle and be prepared for the King season that He has for you. You know, the next encounter is encounters that strengthen our faith. You know, we, we read about Mary, the mother of Jesus, a teenage girl who was engaged to be married when the angel of, a, of the Lord comes and says she's found favour with God and that by the power of the Holy Spirit, she'll conceive and carry the Saviour of the world. It's a pretty big calling. You know, Mary's response is, you know, first afraid, as you probably would be, first afraid, a little bit hesitant, but almost immediately after, she says, I am your humble servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then we read even just moments later, this whole song that Mary sings about how joyful she is to have found favour with God and how happy she is that she's chosen for this purpose. She's chosen to carry the Saviour of the world. She sings about so many joyful things things that she's so happy that she's chosen. And I don't think I would respond that way. If an angel of the Lord appeared to me with that kind of calling, I feel like 
I wouldn't respond with a song of joy. Maybe I would. I think it would be supernatural, but I feel like naturally I wouldn't choose to respond that way. And I don't know many people that would with something that big. You know, when situations in life come, when God gives you and asks you to do something that's way beyond yourself, that's too much for you to handle, that you think that you can't do, it actually requires faith. It drives us back towards God, back to dependence on Him because we know there is no way I can do that on my own. There is no way that Mary could have done what she was called to do without depending on God, without faith in God. And I think that Mary was practised in this dependence on God. I think that her response of yes was an answer that had been forged over years and years of obedience to God. I don't think you can develop that kind of trust and confidence in someone without opportunities to trust them. It's like, you know, you talk, we talk about relationships and how friendships and relationships, how we, we wanna, you know, trust the person more and we wanna, you know, build the, the vulnerability and the depth in our relationship. And I don't think we can do that without actually having opportunities to trust them with something, to trust them, to, to be vulnerable with someone, to, to deepen the relationship. And I don't think we can develop faith in God without moments where we actually need to practice our faith. I believe that through Mary's life until this moment, God would have given her multiple opportunities to trust Him, to put her faith in Him, in the small things, to believe for Him for breakthrough and provision in her family, miracles. And little by little, God was developing this humble and confident and bold faith in Him. All of these little moments, these small yeses that Mary would have said, the uncertain steps of faith, as she saw the faithfulness of God, it grew her faith in Him so that she was humble and bold enough to say yes to being the mother of the Saviour of the world. You know, I think it's a lifetime of small encounters with God, small moments where we choose to obey that develop our faith in Him develop our faith in God's faithfulness. That when He asks the big, impossible, scary, wild, crazy, out there things of us, we've actually already developed faith. We've grown this confidence that God is gonna come through for us and the humility to say yes. Confidence in His faithfulness. The ability to say, God, I've seen you do it before, so I know that you're gonna do it again. These moments where God encounters you might seem small. They might seem insignificant, but just like Mary, they're preparing you. It's God's preparation for you to say yes to a greater calling, a greater purpose, that you would be able to say a confident and a bold and a faith-filled yes when He comes to you with something that might seem too big to handle, too big for you. You'll be confident because you've seen God's faithful hand in the small things. You've seen God's faithful hand in your life up until that moment. Every single encounter with God is developing faith in our lives in Him. Every single moment, every little thing, every step of obedience, every step of faith is developing greater faith in us for the greater things that God is gonna ask us to do for Him. Everything we learn about Him along the way, every yes, every step of obedience strengthens our faith in God. You know, the next encounter, there's two more, are you still with me? Yeah. The next encounter are encounters that lead to salvation. 
the encounter with God that leads to salvation. You know, in the book of Acts, in the Bible, we read about this man named Paul. And before he was Paul, his name was Saul. So close, just one letter, you know. I feel like it's an easy way to change it. If you're gonna change your name, it's like just change one letter at the start. Before he was Paul, he was Saul and Saul was a persecutor of Christians. He hated them passionately, passionately pursued Christians to persecute them, to beat them, imprison them, torture them. And it was just one encounter, one moment where God stopped Saul literally in his tracks and redirected his life completely you know, within three days of this encounter with God, Paul, Paul, Saul became Paul. Within three days, you know, Paul was actually like being discipled and preaching and teaching. He was learning from people. Three days after this encounter, three days after he was a persecutor of Christians, here he was sharing the good news about Jesus. Three days, one moment with God. It's one moment that people need to have salvation. God only needs one moment to encounter them. God only needs one opportunity. Sometimes we, we're praying for people, you know, I've got people in my life that I've been praying for and praying for to come back to God, to, to enter into a relationship with Him. But God only needs one moment. God only needs one opportunity. Maybe you're in the room today and you've not said yes to Jesus. You've not had a moment that God has encountered you and completely changed your life as you say yes to Him. Let me tell you that you're in the best place this morning. You're in the perfect place to have an encounter with God. God is calling your name. He knows you. He wants a relationship with you. And today He's just waiting and He's ready to invite you in with mercy and love and forgiveness and invite you into a life that is completely changed by Him. He wants to do life with you. He loves you. He wants relationship with you. Maybe you're in the room and you are a Christian. Can you take a moment to just think back to that moment that it was for you that you said yes to Jesus, the moment of salvation, the moment you encountered God? Do you remember the way that maybe your heart was racing as they gave that altar call? Do you remember the moment that you responded, the tears that might have flung from your eyes? Do you remember the moment where peace and love just captured your heart? You know, there are so many people in the world that need that kind of encounter. Maybe you even need an encounter to remind you of what that moment was like so that you are filled up with passion and filled up with fire for people to come to know Jesus in that way as well. You know, if we're Christians, we need to pray for people to receive salvation, but we also need encounters ourselves to remind us of our salvation. You know, God still has millions and millions of people that He wants saved. And we have a responsibility to tell them to go into all the world and to share the good news, to share the gospel. And sometimes we forget what it was like. Sometimes we slip into just that mundane everyday life. We forget that there's people that need Jesus. And so we need to have constant encounters with God where we're reminded of that that moment and it stirs up a passion and a fire in us for those so that we can go out and introduce them to Jesus. You know, you can meet with God here this morning and see your life changed as you say yes to Him. You can also have an encounter this morning where that fire and the passion for salvation is stirred up again. God can do it. Come and let Him encounter you this morning. Maybe I can get the band to come back up as we look at this last encounter. 
You know, the last one is encounters that bring us home. And it's so similar to that last encounter, but you know, we would all know someone that's walked away from God. We would all know someone that used to follow Jesus, that used to love Jesus and has fallen away for whatever reason. Maybe you are that person. Maybe you feel that you've just drifted from God, slipped back. No matter what reason caused you to walk away, no matter what reason has caused you to drift, can I tell you that God still loves you? God is still for you. He still wants you to come back home. He's still inviting you in this morning, no matter how far you've walked away. You know, in Luke 15, we read a story about the prodigal son. It's a parable that Jesus tells about the prodigal son. You know, we read that his father, he gets his, the inheritance from his father, but instead of staying in his father's house, he goes out and he spends all this inheritance on worldly living, on crazy wild parties and silly things that go to waste. He wastes all his money. He ends up with no food, no job, basically just on the streets. And he decides, this is a terrible, terrible place to be. I need a job. So I'm just gonna go get the worst job I can, the, the, just get a job. And he ends up working for this pig farmer and he works as a slave in this pig farmer and just feeding pigs. And it says, this is how bad it is. He says he looks at the pig pellet food and thinks that that looks good. He's that hungry, he's that empty, that that is what looks good to him. You know, I think he has this moment where he realises that maybe I, you know, could just go back to my father's house. Like I'm still his kid. You know, even if I just go back and I'm a slave in my father's house, that's still better than where I am now. And so he comes to his senses. He decides to go back home. In verse 20, it says, He returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. And the story continues and it reveals God's heart that He's delighted when prodigal sons and daughters return, that He celebrates, He holds nothing back. He's not angry, He's not judgmental. He just lavishes upon them with love and God wants to do that this morning for you. If you've drifted, if you've walked away, God's not angry, God is not judging you. He just loves you, He's filled with compassion and He just wants you to come back home. If you've walked away from God or you are slightly drifted off, it doesn't matter, God loves you. You can always come home. It's an encounter with God, knowing that He's your Father, that He loves you, that draws you back to His presence. If you want that this morning, if you wanna come home, God's arms are open. He's watching you, waiting for you to respond this morning. You know, these are only a few encounters. There are so many people in the Bible that had all different kinds of encounter with God, where God met them. And I also know that this morning, God can encounter you in a way that's just like one of these, or He could encounter you in a way that you need, that's personal to you, that maybe we have never even seen before. 